Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm joined today by Daniel Quinn, Courtney Staples, and Christopher Prunty. So glad to have everyone here with us today and on today's episode. Actually, before we get into today's episode, we do have a little quick special announcement. We have made, if, if you've ever wanted to, you know, submit a world building prompt to us, we normally tell you, oh, you got to do it through the email. Guess what? We've now made it so much easier for you to submit your world building prompts. We now have a radial button that you can go to on our website that says submit prompt and fill out the Google form and it will automatically submit that prompt to us. We hope that the streamlining process makes everything a little bit easier and makes everything just you know a little bit better. Of course, if you want to send us fan mail and tell us how great we are, or just one of us, you can always email us over at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. You can always go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Let's World Build. You can join us on our Discord, or you can feel extremely generous and give us money over on Patreon. On to today's episode, which involves the afterlife yet again. But this time, with it's a little bit different. So this one is coming from Nyarogi, which is, I'm, I'm sure that I'm butchering that. I apologize if uh, you can give me like a translation guide next time. I think you actually did, but I misplaced it. So I apologize in advance. Anyway, it says, hello, friends. I stumbled upon your podcast by accident earlier this year. Uh, and after a few first few episodes, I was fascinated by the land of a thousand gods and your style of world building gems. Thank you very much for that. Really appreciate it. Um, as this world building prompt is a little bit uh, complicated, I'm going to have to cut down on some of it. Basically, it comes down to. Uh, there are three layers of the cosmos. There is the physical world, the afterlife and an astral splash spiritual world which is a home for dreams and allows for planet hopping. So Nyarogi uh, actually says that the main focus should not be a single world, but a cosmology that permits the travel between many worlds with elements, which I would summarize as quote, a fantasy transhumanism. Uh, like I, there are also three layers of the cosmos, which is a physical world an afterlife and an astral splash spiritual world, which is the home to dreams manifestations of the collective unconscious and faint echoes of the physical world. Uh, there are a number of other rules that we've kind of uh, pared down here, but I think that pretty much sums it up pretty well, unless there's something I'm missing that you think is crucial. Uh, other co-hosts. Um, I think mainly the, uh, the travel between worlds and the fact that um, you can, if you're, still physically alive you can reach the spirit world um through potentially drugs or after near-death experiences or if you suffer from certain serious mental illnesses mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's actually a good one and there's also a way that you can pursue immortality which is you know i think they give us multiple ways but there's the thing that i also find interesting which is if it's misfire then we can be stuck in the spirit world kind of in a permanent purgatory state, which I think is rather interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so with this prompt out of the way, let's go ahead and dig into our tenets, which are things about this world that are true. So who wants to give us our first tenet? 
Um, I'd be down to go first since mine is kind of an overall theme mood. Sure. Um, go for it. Since, you know, we just did this, another afterlife prompts that was, we ended up with a, a product world that was remarkably similar to what this prompt is asking for. Surprisingly, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. But that one was more like a serious, dark, definitely got more technical as we got into the science of it. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So I was thinking that this one should be more fantastical. And I'm thinking like Studio Ghibli style um, Miyazaki film, like Cal's Moving Castle or Spirited Away, where there's just so much like fantastical stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to sort of hammer that in, I'm picturing the kind of convergence of these spirit worlds as a giant train station um, where oh, trains or I guess any vehicle really um, are used as like the, the spirit world transport from each physical world. And they bring you to this place um, where you can all, you can sort of interact with the other spirits and um, maybe there's like an elevator of some sort that goes into the actual afterlife. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's just this enormous um, station type of thing. So I'm so glad that you started out with that because that is actually one of my prompts as well. Uh, not so much the train station aspect to it, but uh, I think in the prompt, Mirogi says something about like, you know, traveling the astral sea and, and you know, mm -hmm. visiting all these different worlds. And I'm like, okay, I want a literal astral sea where you have to have either a ship or like a spaceship. You have to have some kind of a vessel that you travel with. It can't be just your own, you know, your own person. It's like, no, you have to take And in your case, from like physical world to spiritual realm, there is a train station. I love that. And then maybe beyond like there's layers. So we start with trains and then go into, you know, uh, like a, a literal spaceship of something, you know, you know, or maybe we could even have it. So it is dependent on which uh, world you're traveling to. Maybe it's like a, mm -hmm. your vessel changes depending on where you're going. Yeah, I could totally picture like a, a mishmash of all these different types of things converging. Mm -hmm. Like maybe one world has a spaceship, another world that's an aquatic world has like a submarine or a ship. Yeah. Um, and it varies based on that. Maybe okay. uh, it it's dependent on the person's perspective. It's seen as a vehicle of conveyance uh, depending on who sees it. So it could be like a long ship or anything, but even if you're going to a certain world, the person taking it sees it as that. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see something like that. And I'm recognizing now the, there is a danger that we're kind of facing, which is, are we just making kingdom hearts? Because that's where my brain is going right now. Um, I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts, so I would say that's, that's kind of not surprising. For most people, um, but I've I've also not played Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I wanted to add though that I think from a world building perspective, especially when you're dealing with abstracted concepts like this, stuff like um, uh, kind of uh, reifying them, you know, into trains or into like physical objects is helpful because then it lets you wrap your mind around how this all interconnects. So I, I like the mm -hmm. direction that's going. Absolutely. Yeah. Not only that, but of course, each person is going to have their own cool, customizable, you know, like spirit force that they travel on. So, you know, you might be traveling in ship world where you, yours is, as Chris said, like a Viking long ship. And then you look over and there is like a, um, you know, like there's a Spanish galleon. And then even to the left of that, there is perhaps a, a massive steamboat or something like that. I mean, every everyone's, you know, 
ship and vessel is going to look different and specific to them. We're seeing this as some sort of grand terminal or hub. I want a force as my tenant as something that oversees this, like a harbor master or mm. uh, I, I don't know who controls conductors, but uh, just a alien slash godlike force that is not comprehensible that people see above this that is unknowable. I, I, I don't know. I don't want it to be like the things that they do to maintain order and everything is kind mm -hmm. of unknown, but no one everyone fears like interfering with them. Okay. Um, I think that we should probably give this thing some kind of an avatar because I feel like we've done the unknowable force with our previous uh, afterlife tenant stuff. So, I mean, what did you have in mind for this, you know, entity? Uh, for a name or for... Uh, like uh, what it might look like or what mm -hmm. it might uh, manifest as. I forget the name of the shape, but essentially like a D8. Okay, so you want... <laughs> a D8. <laughs> so you want like, uh, like a prismatic... Like you want a prismatic being essentially, right? Oh yeah, like you don't even know where its face is. I'm talking about like old school angels covered in eyes or gotcha. burning gotcha. wheel. I was gonna ask though, is it a, is it a friendly sort of? Because we're trying to keep in the spirit of what Courtney's tenant. So maybe is it the jovial uh, uh, eyeball sphere? <laughs> like is, is it the friendly in some way? <laughs> um, it could be seen as like it helps people in doing the things that like if you're carrying something heavy, it you might just see like a a uh, prism of light help you pick it up kind of thing. But I I largely wanted it to be silent. But you can cool. be silent and not creepy. It's like a Cheshire cat that doesn't chat with you. I was That's gonna say, just like, creepy. I was going to say, half of the appeal of the Cheshire cat is that it chats with you, Daniel. Like, that's mm -hmm. most of what it is. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a cat. It is yeah. very weird looking, though, if we remember what know. the Cheshire cat looks like. You can, by, by and large, have just... Uh, symbols or something that kind of shows happiness and annoyance or confusion that would well, also like allow that. it to bridge yeah. anything as far as language. Mm. Yeah. I, I like that as well. I, I think that we can probably like have it communicate through emojis of some kind. Mm -hmm. you know? What if, what if it's like the prism thing is its head, but it is actually a cat. <laughs> uh, I like okay. that too. <laughs> In the spirit of, of belief, what if um, its its animal form it has this D eight head? Depends on what the person like knows, because we're talking about different planets, right? So mm -hmm. they might have something else that's like a domesticated animal, but it's not a cat. Or even it could be down to the person, like what you look at and how it manifests differs from person to person, right? That's you what know, I mean. But it's yeah, but but it's also like maybe fairly benign most of the time, you know? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, so we've got it. So one thing I would like to tr try and point out as well is that I don't necessarily want it to emote through its head necessarily. Like, I know that sounds a bit odd, but for some reason, I like the idea that there's just like some kind of floating representation of its emotions somewhere else. Like, it's like, a bubble that's float that floats down or something like that. And based on the, the shape and the color and whatnot, you can kind of infer what, what it feels, you know? 
Like one of those like things from The Sims that's floating above their head. Um, no, it literally is the thing floating. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, it yeah. the, it is still the weird like prism. Thing, yeah, yeah. But then like to to uh, express itself, it like manifests a bubble or something like that, or it manifests because I'm thinking like Ghibli, right? I'm thinking like yeah, very cutesy, very well for the most part, very kind of cutesy stuff, you know. I mean, you could also have a change cues and maybe have a chime. Sure. Yeah. So, Daniel, what is your tenet? Um, so mine is, and it's interesting that we now have trains and uh, like kind of metaphorical transit systems, is that time travel is possible through the spirit realm. And the spirit realm also functions as an additional um, time dimension of space. So we've got Doctor Who mixed with Studio Ghibli, which I'm totally okay with. <laughs> All right. So, so ex- uh, can you can you express a little bit more about uh, the time travel aspect? Because that sounds really cool. So, my take on he's got these three slices of reality. He has an afterlife, which seems to be kind of an irreversible space; you can't come back from it. You've got a limbo sort of space, which is the spirit realm, and then you have the physical realm. So, I imagine the the, the space in between those two, this um, spirit realm is is timeless in the sense that it must exist um independent of the time as we understand it so or a dimension of 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 time as we understand or maybe it's an additional dimension of time that lets you travel both forward and backward and so Mm -hmm. i'm guessing the Mm -hmm. spirit realm because you can because it's not part of the physical reality you can interpret it as an additional time dimension of space so that means in our in our 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 fourth dimension of space of time in the real world only lets us go in one direction. So perhaps in the spirit realm, you can go in either direction. So you can kind of like travel back and forth between time. Yeah. Across all of these multiverses. So does that mean that you can relive the same moment over and over again? I bet. I mean, it also probably means that if there's these, a way to communicate with, um, people who are in the physical realm you could go back in time and communicate with someone in the past Mm -hmm. you know to manipulate events in the world i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of implications with that tenet daniel and i like it a lot (laughs) but i'm also like oh that just got like 10 million times more complicated now um maybe it's like more difficult to do that sort of movement through time just so everybody's not like doing that all the time and fucking with everything. I would love for them to be doing it all the time and fucking with everything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe That's things fair. make That's sense fair. from their perspective in the spirit realm, but we're not aware of the effects that they are having on us, mm, you know? Because yeah. now we have infinite divergent timelines is what I'm hearing, right? Well, that or like, imagine if the, the plane of physical reality is like the... Um, the conclusion of all these manipulations and it's constantly being changed from their perspective. So I could imagine like a bunch of spirits in the spirit realm um, interacting with people in the physical realm and changing events, but that timeline is constantly changing. So it's, it's really the result of all of those interactions in the spirit realm at any given moment. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. I think, I think I have an idea. So you know how it says like, Oh, you're traveling the astral sea to, explore all of all of these different worlds and stuff like that right what if they're all just the same world but 
various time fuckery has happened oh, to each of them. I love that. And so it's like, it's not mm. actually, you're not actually like going to dino world. It's like, no, this is where some asshole came and like kind of blew up the timeline a little bit. You know, like that's what happened. <laughs> so and there's so really only fun. one world, but it's, it's manipulated through all these different and timelines. Exactly. And do you know exactly. how it was done? Uh, go Using ahead, crystals. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean that the um, the cat D eight is like some kind of like transcendent being, and that it 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 is able to exist across all of those those timelines? Like it, it's it's persistent. I'm actually imagining this thing as like a keeper. So it's like I bet that this thing is like looking at all the diver- the divergent timelines, and it recognizes how dangerous this whole mm-hmm. idea is. So it's kind of kept this one world in like kind of a glass dome of sorts where it's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to fuck up the rest of the universe with this. You keep this in your own backyard. You know, like that's, that's how it's seeing it. But on like a divine cosmic level type being. I, so I have not seen Loki yet, but it sounds like it's pruning the universe, which I saw in a YouTube clip. I, I also haven't seen Loki yet. I, Damn it. I was, I've been waiting until it was out in full so I could binge it all at once or yeah, like in two shots, but still. I just saw an image of classic Loki and had to watch it, which also was heavy spoilers. Don't watch that. Clip. Yeah, I, I know. You always do this to yourself. It feels good. I'm sure it does. But speaking of Norse mythology, uh, I actually want to <laughs> dip into my next tenet, which is... Um, the primary species of this world are dwarves and their anchor is a grudge that they carve into stone. <laughs> the fuck <laughs> did you just say? Who are you and what have you done with Rob? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, that's my tenet, guys. So uh, I think we've you- just wow. gone into an alternate timeline. We've I split off so. from, from the norm. <laughs> oh my God. The the fact that most of you are speechless is is very gratifying, I have to say. Yeah. Are these so the dwarves exist in the, the spirit realm, is that what you're saying primarily? No, in the physical world. So in the oh. physical world they are primarily dwarves. That's correct. So are we saying in every realm in the universe there every planet or like what where are these dwarves? Yeah, this is dwarf world now. Okay. Um, so this reality, this multiverse is dwarves. So in my now that now that we've kind of got the multiverse thing, I'm guessing that this D8 is actually just me keeping all of the dwarves in reality into this particular setting so they don't bleed out into other settings. I was gonna um, say this is you making the lack of dwarves everywhere else canon. Yes, this is yeah, this is how this is how <laughs> canon gets worked in. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Destroying dwarves wow. everywhere. <laughs> no, not everywhere. But, but everywhere, creating but them. this one place. Yeah, uh, so everywhere, I'm so but wrapping, this one place. So wrap my head around this. So okay, so there, <laughs> there is the multiverse, right? There's all different kinds of dwarves in different realities. Um, and as we established, there's really only one world, and all the other worlds are flavors of of the timeline changing. But correct, yeah. This cat D8. And I assume dwarves must really like cats because now we can actually have a unified cat head if it's dwarves, different kinds I of I mean, it, it ties in with Dwarf Fortress. There's cats everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's game. true. <laughs> it's right. very true. Love you cats. don't want too many. 
Wow. So, okay. But, but really the reason why it's all different kinds of dwarves is because this, this multiverse, primarily it is dwarves so that they're just different flavors of dwarves. Yes, that's correct. But remember, they're all like Studio Ghibli looking dwarves, which I'm now Mm. like, you know. And you said that they, their manifestation is to tell up the rune component again. Oh yeah. That's, that part's important. So in, in the, uh, setting description that he sent or that, uh, in the setting description that they sent, they said that like there are ways to uh, create like immortality for the physical body. And mm-hmm. the way that I wanted to do that is these dwarves would anchor themselves into the physical realm by carving a grudge into stone. So someone had mm-hmm. wronged them. And in order for them to stay mad and never die mad, they (laughs) carve it into stone. So that anger and that spite keeps them on the physical realm at all times. Uh, I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just perfect. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I thought, uh, so, so in my mind, right? Like the only way that the grudge kind of gets like ruined is if like another person comes by and says, yo, fuck this. And like ruins that, that, uh, carving essentially. Okay. I know. Do they carry, like, is this like an object that's grudged that you can carry and move around or is it, can it be like on a big statue or on like, yeah. a sword? Okay. Oh, I was seeing it as like a literal mountain <laughs> carved into the side of a mountain. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, maybe, but it's like, really it's, all it has to do is carve into stone. That's really, because I would imagine, right, if you if you made it big and grand, that's just an open invitation for people to fuck with it. You know what I mean? Ah, but you yeah. see, the dwarves have built a fortress around it. <laughs> what I love about this sort of thing does... <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. <laughs> what I love about what this sort of thing does is, so we started with... The, the premise is an enormous concept, even though it had a myriad bunch of rules to try and restrict us but what i what i like what, what this particular tenant does and what courtney's does is that it it gives a specific flavor and also what chris's does because that's it's, it says something specific about the setting that now we can go down that hole like the fact that it's kind of lighthearted lends to dwarves which lends to um this weird cheshire cat being mm-hmm. creature so everything mm-hmm. we come up with from here on out we have a direction in a sense yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you're right, Daniel. Dwarves do inherently make it lighthearted because dwarves are a fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> Chris? That's going in the book. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's actually the grudge that's carved into stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. a capital R. Yeah. So, uh, so speaking ahead. of flavor, actually, and also oh. tying in with your grudge thing sort of um one of my my other tenet was that food plays a huge role in the setting where um i mean there's so many myths um where somebody ventures into the afterworld and they're they end up stuck there because they've eaten food there mm-hmm. um thinking mainly of the persephone one where hades offers her pomegranate seeds and she eats those and is trapped there with him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so i had been thinking about having food be the way that people travel to the spirit world. Um, but I'm wondering how we can kind of reconcile that with your stone grudge carvings. Are they like recipes for grudges? Oh. It involves near death, right? The food? 
So maybe the food is in some way related to creating near-death experiences. Oh, God. <laughs> maybe dwarven cooking is known for being deadly. Ooh, ooh, I love that. Like, it's so good. It's so poisonous or so spicy. It kills you. <laughs> I, I actually like the different varieties that you can take that because yeah. the default it, is, oh, it's so bad it kills you. Or it's like, oh, yeah. you're eating poisonous mushrooms because dwarves, you know. Mm. Um, but also it's like, no, this is so good. It will literally send you to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) And that also again, pins a metaphor, like to a physical incarnation, which I think is. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. If, if we tie the grudge together, maybe people are intentionally served bad last meals so they can use that (laughs) as the grudge to pass over. So it's like this motherfucker made me the worst meal of my life that is going to be enough to keep me in the physical world forever because this grudge <laughs> is getting carbon <laughs> it's a constant uh-huh. war between dwarven critics and dwarven chefs <laughs> oh it's, be- it's, beautiful. it's beautiful amazing oh that's so dumb um, I want to know this is a setting I want to play in as well because it's so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I have to point out, Courtney, that you did Studio yeah. Ghibli, and of course you have to do food yeah. because it's Studio Ghibli. Like, yeah, of course. On. Yeah, that's just that's just an obvious thing that you have to do. So mm-hmm. much respect there for sure. But let's drill down on the food thing a little bit more because I think that like there's a bunch of different opportunities that we have for it. What is the most appealing? What is the most appealing like actual canon that we can kind of get in there for it? Is it is it like food so good, food so bad? Like, what are we what are we thinking overall? Can it be both? Like, so like I like how you said with with it being connected to a grudge. Like, maybe someone expected a really great meal and they get a poisoned one, and you have your ugly poisoned mushrooms. But you can also have people who pursue a near death experience because they have this incredible feast that like mm. sends them to heaven. You know? Okay, mm. and. and I like the idea that you never know which one you're going to get. Like, I feel like there's probably a religious order who's like, look, we can send you to heaven, but it's not going to be the way that you do it necessarily. You know, like it's, it's, mm-hmm. you don't know how we're going to do it. I feel like taste testers must be like a common thing in this world to like protect nobility or protect other people from like being well, taken it- advantage of. Is it all food or is it just this particular food? Because maybe, that's yeah, maybe it's a specific. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking that this meal is something that needs to be sought out. Like a special preparation. Exactly. Exactly. Like this. Well, is- we were saying like drugs and everything. So I, I see it that maybe you get close to it every time. Like you can have something that's really good and brings you close, but you're a lot of people are looking for that one meal that transcends mm. the others. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. And how do we factor in? So again, the I don't want to lose sight of the multiple um, yes. realities, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it lends itself to it, but I, I want us to think about that too. I mean, maybe each world has its own rules, you know, like maybe we're just kind of skimming a little bit off the top here, but really this is like just one particular fracture that we're looking at that has this whole food business or actually maybe that's the unifying aspect is that every fracture has the food unification part. 
Mm-hmm. I, li- I like that more because it also thematically ties into the physical realm being about physicality. Like, so the consumption, yeah. you know, is, is the one mm-hmm. unifying factor. So it might be different kinds of food, like maybe in one of the realms where the, the dwarves ride dinosaurs and eat cats. It's how you prepare <laughs> cats, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, qu- r- real quick. Um, I I have a kind of a sad idea. Uh, maybe once you're not in the physical world anymore, because I liked what you said about like the physicality of the meal in the physical world. Maybe after you've ascended to the afterlife or there beyond, you are no longer, you can no longer eat food. And for oh. some people like Daniel, that would be like, wow, that is the life. But for, <laughs> But for others, I would imagine that they're like, Wow, I never thought that I, re- I I never realized how much I would miss the flavors of the physical world. And there's like a tinge of regret. And maybe that's also the reason that people don't just continuously stay in the afterlife or stay in the astral sea forever. There is this little temptation that brings them back to eat every now and again. Okay. I like that it gives a motivation. Or maybe that's involved in how once you're in the afterlife, you can't come back from it. Maybe that is where um, you can't actually eat anything. What do you mean by that? So um, in the prompt, once fully crossed over into the afterlife, you can never come back. Mm -hmm. So maybe if food is the way to kind of go between um, physical and spirit worlds, once you end up in the afterlife, that's where you can't eat anything. Thus you can't move on. Mm. or go anywhere else because it seems like the spirit realm is really a limbo based on how this problem yeah. describes it it's yeah a transitionary space and maybe that's too how you travel from like the spirit world into alternate worlds that you're not actually from if you're able to eat food from that place that's yes. exactly what oh. i was thinking yeah that's perfect Where it's like that's the that's the gateway back into whatever world you're visiting is mm-hmm. you eat something from that particular place it's very alice yeah. in wonderland too which i think is fantastic because yeah. alice in wonderland is often like talked about from the lens of like multiple universes because it's so yeah. strange mm-hmm. especially through the looking glass and not only that but you have the beautiful studio ghibli moment where it's mm-hmm. like the person is traveling and they see that Studio Ghibli food that looks so good they can't help but eat it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But it takes them to another realm. Yeah. It, literally, yes. Uh-huh. And although we haven't talked too much about this whole lich concept that's embedded in this, it's it it I think it's easy to resolve and set up because of what we've created. What uh what do you mean by that? Well, so he had he has in the prompt um a description of what essentially equates to um, creating phylacteries. Now, I think that's the grudge, the grudge mark in the stone. Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my idea of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, that I don't I don't think we need to connect that to food, but that's uh, no, I don't think so either. I think that if it does, that's a fun little coincidence. But overall, yeah. I like the idea that food mm-hmm. is a literal gateway. I think that's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Daniel or Chris, who wants to transition over? I plan to fuck it up at the end, so go ahead, Chris. Oh, oh, you plan to fuck it up at the end? <laughs> yeah, really? Because I plan to fuck it up in the middle with dwarves. So it's that not was fucking fantastic. It up. That's that's ideal. <laughs> Just like added ten times to it. I, I'm I'm actually very glad that I got the exact response that I was hoping to get. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Chris, go ahead and transition. My tenant originally was going to be the fact that I okay. wanted it's 
Segway. We got yeah, I am. I am. No, this this is. Let let me do it. Oh no! But you got You got to acknowledge I'm what doing the previous it. person said, I, and I, then I'm, move on. I'm gonna. Gonna. <laughs> you should just leave that whole thing in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but really, my uh, my tenant was originally going to be that I wanted it set in medieval times because I thought everyone was going to go like uh, sci-fi and uh, uh, altered carbon with it. But we did not. And I feel like now that is. I mean, it can be medieval. You did dwarves, so that fits. So I have to do something else. Well, well the, the essence of your tenant is to try and restrict it to a t- time period, right? Yeah, I wanted a bit more of the mysticism of the fact that all of this is going on, but no mm. one's taking like a critical scientific view at it. Okay, so maybe maybe we can transform that to say, like, you know how, for example, Spelljammer takes a fantastical view of science? Maybe, like, the, the, the things we come up with in this realm shouldn't lead to, like, advanced futuristic concepts. They should lead to fantastical science fantasy concepts. Mm. I actually had Spelljammer in mind when I was thinking of the astral yeah. seafaring vessels. So I think that we're on the same page there. Yeah, so like their cosmology, to Chris's point, is more about crystal spheres, and it doesn't follow like rules of science and rationality. Yeah, I'm cool yeah. with that. That sounds like a cool idea. Yeah, uh, I I did want it to be where it would not be scientifically based, where like wonder and magic and uh, anything that's out there as far as uh, spirits or other people, like people inherently know that some of this. Uh, like magic stuff happens that you transcend to another land, but unless you've experienced it, it's not like you can document it in any way. So there's still the kind of, I don't believe you that this other land exists mm-hmm. for some people. Yeah, sure. We can have like a spirited way type thing for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can even imagine like um, one of the timelines slash worlds is a bunch of dwarves who are, they proclaim themselves to be scientists of some sort, but the reality is they discover um, as they unravel reality, it's more bizarre than they could have imagined, you know? So that's all, it's all possible that, it, that the truth leads to, to fantasy is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. All right, Daniel. So we have approached the point where we've got a pretty solid grasp of the setting so far. So what is your last tenant and how are you planning on fucking it all up? Okay, so bear with me as I explain this, but the, the, the tenant, as I wrote it down, was the afterlife is actually the real world of the living and the world of the living is actually the afterlife. And so what I'm pointing at with that is that we have these, at least according to how the prompt is structured, we've got these three planes of existence across the multiverse. We've got a physical realm. We've got this uh, transitionary space where all the fun stuff is happening. And then we've got this afterlife, which is talked about a little bit less in the prompt. And it's a place that you can't return from. Um, so in a sense, the way I take that to be is that it's an end to history. Like if, if you can't return from it, what happens in there is kind of closed off. So I'm wondering then, um, if, if the real world of the living or the real world of action is the afterlife and we're calling that, that middle space, perhaps we could nix off the afterlife and then not only tighten up the prompt, but make things way more interesting. I I thought, see, I thought we were already doing that because to me, right? Like, the third part, the astral world, which is like the home of the dreams and stuff like that. I, I feel like that is the bridge that we use to travel to the different worlds 
that we've talked about previous. Is that not what you're already kind of looking at? I think that's what this is saying, essentially, because it's it's kind of cutting off that final place you go to that you can't come back from. And instead, we're allowing the action to happen in the middle space where, you know, you can travel mm-hmm. to other realities and you can interact with the physical realm. But your 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 history isn't over, right? Because you can still have you can still take action and interact with what's below you. Okay, so you're saying that there's too much overlap between the the three worlds that we have here. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, and I think the third one is less interesting narratively because there's no it's a point of no return, right? So mm-hmm. metaphorically speaking, the real world of action, the real world of the living is um actually where they do all the fun mind stuff in the middle realm. Can we just use that as like the method for uh, transportation. So like, it doesn't have to play a major realm within the people. It's just like, maybe when I, you know, when I was thinking like, oh, when you travel the astral sea, that's that third spirit world that we're talking about. So like, that's the, when you're traveling from world to world, you're, you're not like, you're physically moving there via this astral splash spiritual world. Like it doesn't have to be a place where you exist, but rather a means to connect the afterlife and the physical world. Oh, so like a timeless space in between. Right. But like one that's also kind of fun in and of itself because it's kind of chaotic, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. collective unconsciousness. There's faint echoes of the physical world. So when you're traveling this place, it's like maybe out of nowhere, there manifests a volcano and out of that volcano, instead of lava, comes like these little pill bugs that are made out of electricity or something. I'm tr- again, I'm trying to think Ghibli here, something mm-hmm. that's like bizarre and otherworldly, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like moving in between the two, which makes sense. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically saying that the, the transit from physical world to afterlife is the spirit plane and the afterlife is the train station terminal mm-hmm. thing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, okay. I, could, I could totally see that. And then that, that makes the, the travel itself a lot more interesting. Yeah. So. And, and that, I think that's probably what we want to focus on because mm-hmm. Nirogi in the prompt says that they want to like focus on multiple worlds. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the ex you get exploration by traveling the astral sea, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the unconscious third spirit world type thing. And depending on how you want your adventure to go or your story to go, the means of conveyance could greatly differ in how that's done. Like if it's a boat, you're having like a little bit of a sea adventure and seeing stuff on Mm -hmm. the way there, as opposed to a train, you might have something that's like murder on the Orient express, which would be (laughs) really weird. Seeing how you're already dead. Oh, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes a lot more sense. Like, and not only that, but I think that it kind of rectifies Daniel's qualms with like that third world. Like it's not Mm -hmm. just like something where nothing happens because you're fucking dead and nothing matters. Like that's like, that was my exact reaction. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. No, I'm trying to go like Lisa Frank nihilist here. You're just regular nihilist. Oh my God. You should call it Lisa Frank nihilism. This has got to be a genre. It already exists. It's called, it really does. Holy crap. Have you not seen? Uh, Okay. We're going to have to. uh, So Walmart, I like the Walmart. Was it Walmart realism or Walmart? Kmart. Kmart realism, yeah. realism and Lisa Frank nihilism. I did not know Lisa Frank nihilism as a thing. Daniel, you stick with me. You'll learn all the weird niche wow. shit that you only learn on the internet. Trust Jeez. me. Jeez. 
Um, <laughs> you got to put that in the in the description of the podcast episode. I would love to just have a GIF here. Let me see if I can find mm-hmm. the, here. I'm, I'm I'm sharing this one. Oh my god, is that what it is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I oh, said it's yeah. my friend who I call Lisa Frank. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly. exactly the middle realm has to look like lisa frank nihilism oh my the, god the, the void oh, yes. sea you've created yeah yeah yes okay the astral <laughs> sea is like all rainbows and like cute animals and but babies all... and dolphins is that and where like the, the the orb cat thing exists like truly exists oh that would make sense like it's just kind of bouncing around sense. there yeah. yeah because it's like a manifestation of the astral sea absolutely oh my god yeah <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Okay. Okay, I feel like we've got our tenets down, knocked out. Uh, Let's go ahead and see what the anchor for this world is going to be. Okay. So for our world anchor, the thing that we're going to be focusing on and creating, uh, the thing that we're focusing on first is an artifact. And Mm -hmm. the theme of this artifact is fury. Okay. Uh, Mm. And okay. So how interesting. So, so how do we reconcile something that is an artifact with a theme of fury in a world of studio Ghibli and dwarves and sailing the astral sea. I mean, fury in a way is like kind of a, a grudge, or a grudge is a type of fury, I guess. So we could you mean tie dwarven it in that fury? Way. Yes, dwarven fury. See, yes. I, I disagree with that. I feel like with 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 grudges, those are like simmering hatreds. With fury, I feel like it has to be hot. You know, mm. like it's got to be an active hatred of some kind. Fury is when spite is acted upon. So maybe it is Mm -hmm. an artifact left behind by someone who so strong was their grudge that they had to accepted oblivion over uh, continued existence. Yeah. Can it be the greatest grudge in all of time? (laughs) It's either the greatest or the first. I'm cool with either one of those. Yes. I like the first. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can hold on, because I'm I'm fucking flying by the seat of my pants here. Can the grudge be against existence itself? Of course hmm. it can. So it's like I fucking hate existence, <laughs> and like they inadvertently trap themselves in this interstitial like life on life type thing, and as a result, it, maybe this has like happened so long ago that the weird cat like uh, D eight head thing is that thing, but it's been warped through eons of like, whatever, like, I I don't know. Again, flying by the seat of my pants here. It was alone for so long and it has existed for so long that it has transcended madness back to sanity again. (laughs) But it's like, it doesn't know which is which anymore, which is why it manifests in such weird ways. I mean, we never talked about why it has a, a head that has the number of sides that the uh, the D8 has. Perhaps um, these greatest 
<laughs> I was going to say it's because Chris liked the shape, which is fine. <laughs> well, like, that's totally okay. So, I mean, along the lines of what you guys are talking about, what if there's the, the faces represent the greatest grudges of all time? Oh, it, it's its face is literally a grudge hall of shame or fame, rather. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but That's it's so coming off as very cute, but people are just like, oh, it's showing the symbol. It's just like, mm-hmm. hey, you remind me of this person, but you don't know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can support this dumb idea so hard. Like, I re- <laughs> so, so I, I think the important thing is, is like, what is its significance between the world and what is its significance between the world and the afterlife? The faces or the 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 artifact that we've created oh. is the artifact its head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can be, it but can I imagine be that encased has- in the artifact. Oh, uh oh, is the mark the grudge mark in its head? No, I'm saying like its body is the grudge mark. Oh, okay. This person just really hated cats. <laughs> <laughs> That was a secondary thing. So what I'm actually imagining in my head, right? Like, and this is pure headcanon for a world that I'm making up, but that's fine. Um, is at the center, because in my head, I'm imagining this D-headed or this D8-headed cat thing is massive. Like, I'm thinking like, uh, like king of all cosmos level of huge. Like he mm-hmm. basically sits on the horizon type large, right? And in my mind, at the center... The, the the D8 itself, like that weird, you know, like ziggurat slash um, like monument at the center of that is actually just the physical form of the first grudge, you know. Okay. Yeah, and I was taking on that now after so much time, it, it just has the mind and mannerisms of a cat. I don't yeah. like to think that it actually has a cat. I'm totally fine this. with that. Mm. And I like the idea that this weird hedron thing on the on the like the physical world is actually just a weird inert monument that can't be destroyed or can't be moved or can't be changed in any way, but it has huge significance in the afterlife and beyond. Yes. Yeah, because cool. it exists in a realm that's timeless, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I, I feel like we've kind of created an interesting world anchor, even though we made it earlier in the show and just kind of gave it an origin story. Sometimes that's totally okay. Um, and that's that's totally acceptable. Uh, so now we're going to go ahead and just basically fuck everything up by rolling a twist that we will have to reconcile next week. So the twist is going to be... The stakes get even bigger. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, And we will reconcile that twist as of next week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Remember that if you want to send in your own prompt, you can email us or you can go ahead and go on our website and click on the submit prompt button, which is brand new. Yes, brand new and all nice and all that good stuff. Uh, Or realistically, if you want to email us and tell us how great we are, worldbuildwithus at gmail.com is where you can find us. You can always follow us on Twitter at Let's World Build. 
And you can uh, join our Discord community with a link in the description. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon. Uh, all that stuff is in the description or on our website. We have links everywhere. Dear God, the links are everywhere. Remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through this together until next week. Thank you.